Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of this show. As we talked about in the season six post-match show, Paul and I are taking a little break this summer to get some really cool ideas brewed up for the next season and for the next year. And so this summer, we thought we'd share with you some lost episodes from the Coaching Character podcast that we actually released a few of those episodes early on in How Soccer Explains Leadership. So we thought this summer, take some of those episodes that because the Coaching Character podcast actually never really got off the ground for one reason or another, there were, there were several reasons we don't need to get into today, but we wanted to share that content with you because there were some really good interviews. And the one we have for you today is with Coach Sowers. He coaches American football in Tracy, California, and he's doing some really cool stuff. He has some amazing things to say that I have no doubt will help you in your coaching, in your parenting, in other areas of your life. So without more from me right now, we're going to share this Coaching Character podcast episode with you today. Welcome to Coaching Character. My name is Coach Roz. I've got my partner, Phil Dark, with me, a podcast about helping coaches, helping athletes, helping parents. We're excited about our episode. Phil, let's get this thing going. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited today. This is, again, a friend of yours that you've known for a long time, has been part of the Playmakers community for a long time, Coach Sowers. Coach, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This is really exciting, Sowers, for, for Phil, because this is two football players, the true game, getting to coach up and help somebody who's a, got a soccer background and, and <laughs> helping him understand what our game is really all about. <laughs> we could go on and on about that. We won't today because, you know, soccer is a much more sophisticated game and or the real football, as we have said on this show before. But uh, we, we don't have to get into that today. We can uh, we can just focus on the main thing today. And that's that's really you, Coach Sowers. We're excited. I'm excited to, to learn more about you. I've heard some great things, but I'm excited to not only myself be able to learn about you, but also our audience to be able to learn what you've been learning, how they can learn from that and how we together can hopefully better ourselves through this conversation. So, so coach, just before we get into the kind of the meat of the conversation, I always love, and I know that I've heard from other people out there, they love hearing just your story, just how you got to be a coach, how you got to be, you know, working with playmakers and how you just really, how the importance of character and integrity and, you know, life beyond the X's and O's has been such a critical part of your coaching in your life. Yeah, sure. A little bit about my background. I, I grew up in a small town up on the North Coast in Humboldt County. It's a community of about 8,000 people. When I was a kid, I played football and some baseball. played high school football at Fortuna High School. From there, I went to College of the Redwoods, a community college up there in Eureka. And then from Redwoods, I transferred to Southern Oregon University. So I was fortunate to, to be able to play uh, beyond high school and, and, you know, keep doing what I really loved. And then as far as coaching, once I graduated, you know, it was kind of like uh, when I was done playing, it was, I would almost compare it to the loss of a long-term relationship, I, I guess you could say. I was just devastated. I cried when I was done playing, knowing that, knowing that I would never have the chance to play again. And from there, I, I had an opportunity to start coaching 
youth football, I had some buddies that were coaching a team in Redding, California, and it was seventh and eighth graders. And one of the guys I'd played with, the other two guys were guys that played college ball. And, you know, they were calling saying, hey, come down and coach with us. We have a great team. We need a line guy. So my background was offense and defensive line. I played both sides of the ball in high school. When I got to Redwoods, you know, my, my dream was coming out of high school to be a, a Division I football player as a defensive end. When I got to Redwoods, the JUCO level, you know, I quickly realized that probably wasn't going to come to fruition based on my size and athletic ability and speed. But what they did tell me was, you know, if you're willing to move to center, you could probably start for us. So that's what I did. I, I became a center. So, you know, my background is, is heavy into offense and defensive line. So, you know, I joined my buddies. I went down to Reading and I coached with them for two years and instantly found that I actually enjoyed coaching or got more out of coaching than I did playing, than I ever did playing. So, you know, I figured out that, you know, I can, I can teach kids how to play and, you know, I would, I would just have so much joy in seeing their success and watching them grow as young men and as athletes. And, you know, we had a pretty good team there for a couple of years. We ended up taking our team down to a, a tournament in Las Vegas that we won. So it was, it was pretty exciting. And then from there, the local high school, Shasta High School, was interested in having me coach for them. So I moved to the high school level. And then from Shasta High School, you know, I went down to the Sacramento area, which is where I met Coach Roz for the first time. So, you know, we coached together. And then from there, I did a few years at the high school level. And then... We started having kids, my wife and I, so I got out of coaching for a little bit until my son was old enough to start playing, and then I got right back into it, and I've been doing it ever since. Now I live in Tracy over in the East Bay or the Valley. I'm involved with the Tracy Buccaneers Youth Football Organization, so that's where I'm at now. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's great, and that, you know, and one of the things you said in there that I think it just stuck with me, and I think it's what we're going to mine a bit more in this show today, but the idea that you enjoyed coaching more than you enjoyed playing, or at least that's what I heard. Why? That's, that's exactly right. Well, you know what? It's, it's incredibly rewarding for me, you know, so I can take a, I have a group of 35 kids, and I have a chance to go out and influence them, heavily influence them for at least a few hours a week. I've got a chance to teach them the fundamentals of the game, how the game is meant to be played. And just as important as I have an opportunity to teach them character, you know, what, what it means to work hard, what it, what it means to someday, you know, be a man and take care of your family, take care of your business in school. That's something I actually learned from Coach Roz. I got to tell you, my first couple of years before I met Roz, I, I was coming with the attitude of, you know, I know the fundamentals of the game. My players are going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to be tougher than the other team. You know, we're, we're going to win through, through fundamentals and playing hard-nosed football. Well, I met Roz, and, you know, this was nearly 20 years ago. So he said something to me that, you know, no one had ever said to me is, you know, he said, hey, coach, understand that someday these young men are going to be they're going to be fathers, they're going to be husbands, they're going to be employees, they're going to be employers, they're going to be a member of our community. They're not going to play in the NFL. So 
what we really need to give them is something they can take with them for the, the rest of their lives. And, you know, that's character, how to do the right thing, how to pay it forward and be a, a productive member of their communities. So absolutely, I, I really give that equal focus in my practice and and trying to develop my guys as, you know, quality young men. Yeah, and that's something we'll get more into. I, I, gotta, I gotta say, it's probably also, it's probably more fun not to get your head hit every time you're going, you know, during the practices as a coach. You don't have to do that. Is that, is that part of it too? Yeah, that's, well, that's, that, well, that is part of it. Yes. Yeah, I bet. Absolutely. I bet. I, I, I'm, I'm, not the, uh, so I'm not the one out there wearing the gear and, you know, <laughs> so doing so the wind spreads. Here's, yeah. here's an example of a soccer guy asking an offensive <laughs> lineman, why is it more fun to coach than to play? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and the other thing is to, to retreat on our coaching experience, Sowers, when, when I said these kids are not going to be in the NFL, understand that, that Sowers and I were coaching a team that not only – could not win a game they probably couldn't win an inter-squad scrimmage we, we were not very good to say the least right well hey coach if you remember that team hadn't won a game in several years and we went five and five i know yeah no so, we, we, we and as time goes by that record gets better <laughs> I, i'm pretty happy with the results we were getting there coach <laughs> that's right no it was that was such a gratifying year and You've already said some things that, and Phil, I agree with you when he says coaching more fun than playing. And the other thing that he said that, that we may revisit at another time is the game left him very abruptly. And I, and I talk about it's, it's almost like your best girlfriend breaking up with you and dumping you, and, and, it, and she's not going to date you again. But just the, the trauma that we experience when the game is over and it ends very quickly. That's right. When I got into coaching, that absolutely filled that void for me that was left. You know, from, uh, it's, you know the, the final whistle goes off and that's a wrap. There is no more. There's no weight training. You know, there's no getting together with your teammates. There's no camaraderie. It's over. And, uh, you know, when you're in college, it, you know, it's a bit different than the high school experience. You know, you don't have the coaches that are your PE teacher or your history teacher. You don't get to see them and continue to communicate. When it's done, it's done. And, you know, they're, they're on to the next group of guys. Absolutely. You know, that's something that, we, that I think is that gets lost a lot of times on when coaches don't cover those things in, in high school, in college. You know, it's not something that is part of the training you get at a coach's meeting in high school. You know, you don't hear the athletic director get out there and say, hey, you need to talk to them about what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a wife, a husband, a whatever it is, right? I mean, that's obviously from the soccer side. You're not typically coaching women in the, in the football arena. But the idea of life after sport, and you actually played at not the highest level, but close to it, right? And Roz, you know, says he played at the highest level, but there's no records of that anywhere, I don't think. But um, It's on microphone. Yeah, it's on microphone somewhere. That's true. Um, there might be some black and white footage of, of him, you know, suiting up or something. But, no, but in all seriousness, it's something that you, got, you both have played at that really high level. And to be able to share that experience with your players is not only important, I think it's critical so that you can help them as they will likely encounter something similar to what both of you have felt and I felt as well at a different level in a different sport. Do you agree with that? Is that something that you, that when Roz started talking to you about those things, that it just really clicked like, oh, I actually can go beyond the X's and O's on a chalk 
board and actually help these people in life. Absolutely, it did. And, you know, like I said, up, in, up until the point that, you know, I started, that I met Roz and, and he said that to me, you know, I still remember 20 years later exactly what he said. It has stuck with me. You know, there are a few things from my football career playing and coaching that the people have told me that I remember. And that is one of them. So, you know, I'm very purposeful in making sure that part of my team is not only the fundamentals being prepared for the actual game we play, but incorporating character development into my practices. And everybody that coaches with me, all the assistants that I have around me know that that's just as important. In fact, at the beginning of the year, I put out expectations of coaches, players, and parents. And one of them is that for coaches, understand that character is every bit as important as fundamentals of the game. So let me, let me dig into that just a little bit, Sowers. You put 100 coaches in the room before the season starts, and every one of them will tell us that character is important. And oftentimes that, that lasts right up to kickoff. So begin to talk with us. So there's, there's character in theory, and then there's character in practical application. And one of the, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with you is you are an early adapter and you are an innovator of what character looks like in your daily and weekly plan. Talk about that, if you will. Sure. Well, for me, incorporating character, again, it, it starts before, before we even start the season is that the coaches know that it's going to be important. They know what the standards are going to be. The boys, I sit them down, and before we even begin, you know, I go over these expectations. Some of the character things, you know, I talk to them about is that, you know, we're going to, we treat each other with family. And it really it depends on your age group, right? So you really have to take a look at the, the group that you're coaching and see what fits and what's appropriate. But, you know, we talk about we're a family here, you know, we're more than just individuals. We talk about what the expectations are on the field. You know, that's being to practice on time, being prepared, having the proper attire, having your, your water. We talk about what it means to build one another up, never tear each other down. We talk about that, that everything we do is with intent and the intent is to come together and build a culture of a team. And with that, will will come success. It, you know, might not be on the scoreboard every single game, but we are always trying to make progress. We're always trying to grow. We're always trying to be a better teammate. Some of it is, I'll pick out kids. That it could be, you know, kids that, that might have some troubles, that, that give us a hard time, that kind of go off the rails. And, you know, I'll, I'll develop a, an individual plan for them that, that's a leadership plan. I'll give them specifics because it is real easy to say, yeah, character is important, but what does that actually mean? And it's actually really difficult to find what does that actually mean? You know, if you go on the internet and look up how to teach leadership, it's still going to give a very broad strokes of what a leader is, right? So for the group of kids I have, they're 13 years old. I have to give specifics. So that could be, you know, hey, I want you to look for an opportunity to pick up one of your teammates, right, if they have a bad rep. I want you to look for opportunities to encourage somebody. And I want you to do that three times today. So that's what that might look like. Or I want you to get here 
10 minutes early tomorrow so that you can help coaches set up. So it's very, very specific. And I think that's important for the younger kids is, you know, be as specific as possible. So if you were to say to them, hey, you know, I want you to try and be a leader, that doesn't mean anything to them. You've got to be very specific. That's like tackle like better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah, when, when a kid's, uh, you know, uh, swinging and missing the baseball 30 times in a row, coach says, keep your eye on the ball, right? Yeah. And then they go another 30 reps yeah. missing the ball. So, Phil, here's uh, the – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm stopping you just because there's a nugget here. Sure. Uh, and, and what you said was – I heard you say an individual leadership plan for – maybe a kid that is difficult to, to get along with. Now, to me, that's a nugget that we can apply to any sport that we've got, right? Every one of us has got a kid that's got more talent, et cetera, et cetera. But an individual leadership plan, that takes it from, that takes it from theory to application, and that's a coach going the extra mile for a kid that, to me, that's just life breathing. Absolutely. And I think it's not just sports, but family, organizations, you know, any place where you have people, you're going to have different levels of skill. You're going to have different levels of attitude. You're going to have different levels of ego. You're going to have different personalities. You're going to have all kinds of different stuff. But I will say another nugget there that was implicit in what you were saying was as you're talking with these players and say, hey, I want you to encourage three players. I want you to, you know, come early. I want you to be an example. It needs to start with you as the coach, right? It has to start you're with you as a coach, yes. So you need to be healthy yourself, right? And I think this is what we've talked about with, with our, in other episodes as well, is just the idea of coaches. You need to not only know yourself, you need to know, you know, and be, you need to be healthy yourself too. You need, if you're saying, come show up 10 minutes early, you better not be showing up 10 minutes late. You better be exactly. there early with, you know, being ready to practice, right? So that, and if you've saying encourage three times, you better be encouraging, right? You better be doing the things that we talk about, the praise in the praise in public and criticize in private stuff that we, you know, sometimes That's, I'm a coach than a player on that, but right. I mean, you're, you're starting to tie So I, I want to come back to you. What do you think of those? I mean, what, what Roz just said, what I just said, what have you seen that and how have you seen that play out in your coaching? So, you know, that's absolutely correct. You have to model these behaviors for them. And I'll tell you when, when you go to a kid, so, you know, part of the culture that I try and build is, yeah, I want to show up with passion every single day. And you really have to. And you, were, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you've got to be healthy yourself. You've got to show up with passion every single day, ready to go. You've got to model those behaviors for the kids. And, you know, when you, when you take a kid aside and say, hey, these are some things I want you to work on, you know, that, it actually means a lot to him because, you know, there's 35 other kids on the team and, you know, coach has taken his time to talk to me. I mean, I do make it a point, you know, to, to check in with the kids, you know, I'll ask them, hey, how was school today? As individuals, you know, they're stretching, I'll walk around. I, I, I know, if, try and learn if, you know, they've got siblings or they've got pets or what school they go to, what they're interested in. And I pay attention to that stuff. You know, sometimes I'll even write it down so that I don't forget it. You know, hey, I'm going to check in with, with Julian today, see how school was, or, you know, hey, how's his new puppy doing? And that really means a lot to the kids that, that you know, they can see that you really care about them. And if you, if you want to get them to do what you need them to do, they've got to know that you care about them. And part of that is, you know, modeling these behaviors. Sometimes I'll tell the kids, hey, watch what I do. Watch what I do at practice today. We're, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about building each other up. 
I want you to look for examples of me building up other players today. And then after practice, I'll say, hey, you know, did, did you see any of that? And give me some specifics. And then I'll say, and what, what did you do specifically to build up? And, I, you know, I want to hear those specifics as well. That's fantastic. I, I, I love hearing that. And I just think just studying your players, studying your team, knowing yourself, knowing others. And, uh, you know, I just, I absolutely love that. Super encouraged by that. You know, Sour, another thing that, that Phil was saying has really done some cutting edge stuff in the area of behavioral profiling in the, the comment was understanding yourself. You know, we as a coach have to understand ourselves. I'm an emotional, emotive guy. I'm a, I'm a loud guy. And, and Phil, again, has done some really, really neat work in implementing behavioral profiling into helping coaches not only understand themselves, their coaching staffs, but the kids that they're coaching. And it has been invaluable to you, Phil, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we use the DISC, uh, DISC model of human behavior. I've used it with the team that I coach. I use it with my family. I use it with my organization. We've trained people all over the world in, in it. And it's, it's human behavior. So, and again, it starts with understand self so that you can understand others so that you can make your teams better and we can have better performance. And so that's really the idea, but it does start with self and, you know, and then being healthy in, in that behavior. But that's something for a conversation for another day, which we will have. But I think that it goes to everything we've been talking about as well. So I want to switch gears a little bit though, and, and really just talk about, you know, we've been talking about you and your coaching philosophy and how, what you've learned from Roz and, and, and whatnot. But other than Roz and what he taught you, you know, really, you know, in, in your coaching time, when you were a player, what coaches or coach do you really remember that impacted you? And what was it about them that really left an impression on you that you still are going to be talking about today on this show? Yeah, sure. You know, I was fortunate. I had some great coaches when I was a player. You know, I had one at Redwoods. His, his, his name was Bob Seaman. And, and, you know, when I think back of, I, I saw that you sent me this question yesterday and I was thinking, thinking about this last night and it really comes down to, you know, it's not the X's and O's. It's, it's the character of the men that were coaching me. So at Redwoods, I had a, a, a great coach in Bob Seaman and he said something that I still use today for my players. And he had a saying, he said, if you work hard and do the right thing, good things will happen. So that stuck out at me you know, with me as I was thinking about this. You know, I've had great coaches that teach fundamentals. You know, I had a, another coach at Redwoods that was a student of the game and, you know, taught me the ins and outs of playing offensive line, the fundamentals. So, you know, he was, he was one that sticks out for the, the more of the X's and O's of the game. In high school, I'll, I'll tell you when I really became passionate about playing. I had a guy, my JV coach, my freshman year, when I was in high school, I had a guy that was a coach at, at Fortuna High School for 30 years. He was an old school, hard-nosed coach. He was the type of guy that, you know, he, he wouldn't tell you great job. He was a, more of the guy that yell at you and let you know that, you know, if you made a mistake, he would let you know. And it, everyone within a one-mile radius would know as well. But anyway, so when I really developed a passion was it, it kind of came at an out of an unorthodox way. After my freshman year, Coach Kelly had a couple of older boys. One of them just finished his junior year. 
he was the uh, starting quarterback on the varsity team. And that summer he was killed in a car accident. So, you know, I saw this guy that was just a hard nosed football coach and, you know, he was absolutely devastated and it, and it really affected me. He resigned from, from coaching and from teaching. And, you know, I kind of decided that, you know, I've seen this guy, his life has completely been turned upside down. I see how this is affecting him and what he's going through. And so I decided, you know, I want to, I want to make our team better for coach. And I want to do everything I can to at least help him feel a little bit better about himself and what's going on. So after that happened, we got a few guys together and, you know, we started lifting weights and preparing for the next season. We had a, a guy that would let us into the weight room at 5.30 in the morning. And that, the core of guys that we had decided we're going to do everything we possibly can to get coach to come back and have a successful year. My freshman year, we didn't win a game. So that was going to be his final year, you know, going over. And, you know, we decided we wanted to change that. And from there, the next year, we were undefeated. So it started out, we had four or five guys in the weight room. Within a couple of months, you know, we had 18 or 20 guys all on the same page. So that's really where the, the camaraderie, the idea that, you know, you can have success through hard work came from. And, you know, I did see those results on the field. You know, my abilities increased tremendously. And from there, it just never slowed down. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's something that I, I talk about a lot is really, whether it's in my organization that I run, whether it's in coaching, whether it's, you know, just in, again, in my family, it's that idea of being on the same page, right? It's that idea of mission, vision, values we always talk about in organizations. But I think sports teams really do themselves a disservice to not do the same thing in their, in their organizations and in their teams, because if you're not on the same page, then you likely will go oh for whatever, like you said in the team. And when you are on the same page, you're going to win games that you have no business winning. You know, when it comes to talent, when it comes to just, you know, if you look on the, you know, on, on, on paper, but the best teams find ways to win. And usually that's because they're on the same page. So, I mean, what have you, have you seen with that, Roz? I mean, well, it, what is, as Sowers was telling the story to me, the glimpse that I get is that the, the times where the game is bigger than the individuals that are playing the game where you're taking a difficult life circumstance and you're using the rally point of the game and the weight room to build character into, into those players participating, the coach, the message that you're sending. Again, that's, to me, that's an example of when the game is bigger than, than the individuals playing it. So that's what I was yeah. hearing. Sarah's question, a pile-on question to the coaches that influenced you. You played youth football, correct? I did. Did they have youth football at your age up there in the in the hills? <laughs> Three man football or was it? okay. So you played <laughs> youth football, high school football, college football, junior college football. When was the game the most fun? For me, it was the most fun in high school because you know under the lights we had a you know fifty piece marching band that would come marching out you know the, the roaring and you know. I get, I get goosebumps when I think about it still, yeah. you know, crisp North coast evenings, the cool air, the fog coming in under the lights, the marching band coming in to me, that was, there's, there's nothing better than that. 
Yeah, I, 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 it was interesting. We interviewed Harrison Phillips an episode or two ago, who's playing with the Buffalo Bills, and and he was saying it was most fun when I played youth football, and we didn't win a game. And to share share your experience, and I'm going to age myself, I still can smell wet cut grass and chalk. They used to actually chalk fields before. <laughs> right but i still i still can smell the grass i can smell a game i i, I just can i'm sure absolutely no absolutely yeah. yeah i mean a little little known fact i played football too i think we've talked about this right where both games both years i played i scored touchdowns be, so being, I, i'm just, just throwing it out being there. a just, kicker does not but, exactly invite you into the <laughs> i will say as i've told you backup running back so you know that's big time so all that to say i think it is odd that we you know all of our guests seems to have not won in high school it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah we got to get some guests who won in high school yeah, did anybody so win apparently every team was O and 10 or whatever <laughs> so we got more fulsome high school grads here and then, <laughs> then then we won't have that same problem for sure but yeah so i think that the 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 idea of understanding all of these principles that we've been talking about are critical to healthy teams right so healthy coaches healthy players healthy teams as you talked about the most fun i think it's important for high school coaches to remember that that usually people have really fond memories of high school and i think that's for all those reasons you said and more, I think it's also playing for your high school. There's something about that that is, that is critical. But then there's the other side of it, right? There are, in youth sports, whether high school, youth sports, you know, whether it's clubs and soccer, whether it's the programs that are, you know, these high schools have their youth sports programs. And there's the negative side of it too. There's challenges, there's corruption. What have you seen there? And, you know, what do you think we need to be doing to changing that, I guess, the negative culture of the youth sports that we have going on in our country? Sure. There, there is plenty of negative that we could point at. You know, I've heard about just in the leagues that my son and I have been involved with, you hear about embezzlement that, you know, the treasurer's stealing money out of the pot, you know, of a nonprofit organization. You've got coaches that are, you know, win at all costs. They'll go recruit the best players in town to be on their team. And that's what matters most. So you've got parents that that's what matters most, right? The, the wins and losses, you know, getting, getting the trophy at the end of the year, by all means necessary. We've had a team in our league last year that was kicked out of the league because they were playing high school kids on their eighth grade team. You know, their kids were playing both high school and youth football. So I've seen plenty of it. Even in, my son's involved with travel baseball. And that's actually where I'm at right now is the, the indoor facility that he trains at and I'm. I'm teaching weight training to, to baseball kids right now. They're a nonprofit and, uh, you know, we go play tournaments. Last year, we're at a tournament and I hear there's a, he, last year he was a 12U player. I hear there's an 8U, 8U team that got caught with the 10-year-olds, right? Because they want to win that trophy at the end of the weekend. And, you know, I look at that and I go, why is this going on? Well, you know, part of it is the, the sense of immediate gratification, right? Like just, just winning, being on a winning team and winning that trophy is the most important thing, you know, to me. And it's, it's the parents, right? It's not the kids. In, in the baseball world, some of these clubs, uh, travel clubs are charging $5,000 a year. You know, they've got big facilities and, you know, they've got to show results. If you're a parent paying $5,000 a year, 
you want to get the trophy on Sunday, right? So they've got to show results. You know, it's almost like they're desperate enough to cheat to get those results. So what do we do about it? Well, you know, that's a tough one. I, I think it's, you've got to, you've got to come into it for the right reasons as a coach and as a parent, you know, as a coach, you've got to have a passion for what you're doing. You, you've got to understand that it goes beyond the fundamentals of the game and it goes well beyond the results of, of one weekend or one game. You know, you've got to pick the right circle and you've got to keep your circle tight. So you've got to have the right people involved. You know, I'm very fortunate right now at the Tracy Buccaneers is, is run, run by a tremendous family that are in it for the right reasons. And, you know, they've got people on board that are in it for the right reasons. But that takes time sometimes, right? So sometimes people will come along that aren't a good fit. And you, you basically have to build a strong culture. You basically, you, the way I look at it is you build this, this circle or this wall around the circle of good people that are in it for the right reasons. And there's going to be people on the outside picking away at that. But, you know, you've, you've got to not let not let those people in and when they do come in you know you've got to you got to get them out or you know tell them this probably isn't a good fit for you it's also you know goes down to your coaching staff make sure you've got the right guys on board and make sure you're all on the same page make sure that they understand your expectations and they have your back you know i what i have always thought is that you know i, I don't necessarily want the guy that played in the nfl at the highest level just for his name you know i want the guy i don't care if you've never played, if you've never coached, if you've got the right attitude, you can learn what you need to learn to be a great coach. You're exactly right. If you start with just give me the foundation of, of a coach that cares and loves kids and is willing to learn as much as we try to overcomplicate the game and make it a moonshot, it's still more about making it fun relating to the kids, particularly at the levels that we coach at, and a coach being willing to learn. I just believe that's paramount. So if I can, Sowers, that leads us into you are a coach now with several years of experience. But if you can rewind the clock to your brand spanking new, and there's, and there's new coaches coming in on a regular basis, Phil and I were in a conversation about, you know, most coaches at, at the youth level get involved, not because of their coaching experience, they get involved because they have a child playing the game. So they kind, exactly. of, back, they kind of back into this. So the question in here is, if you were, if you had this to do over again, what would you want to know? How could we give a, a new coach a head start in this adventure into coaching? Sure. Well, I think, First of all, you have to sign up for the right reasons, right? It's, it's got to be that you have a passion for helping kids and you love the game. I think you have to bring a positive passion every single day. And, you know, sometimes that means a lot of hours throughout the week in preparing. Work on relationships every single day that you're out there, you know, with, with the kids, with the parents, with the, the other coach. You have to understand the athletes, you have to understand the game. And most important, you have to be able to teach both of those things, right? So that's key. And, you know, part of this is that you can't be too hard on yourself when you make mistakes. It's a learning process. It takes time. You know, still, you know, I, I, I learn things every single day that, that I can do better, that I can implement. When I do make mistakes, you know, I, I 
let it go. I learn from it. I move on. So I think also picking your assistant coaches. You want to pick men with character or, or people with character. Like I said, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me if they played at a very high level. I want guys with character, right? You can learn. We, we have resources for around us now. YouTube. I, I'm constantly on YouTube learning new drills and learning new things and philosophies. So there are resources available. You know, you don't have to come in into it with any experience, but really, if you're willing to put in the work and the time to better yourself every day as a coach, learn and grow every day, use other coaches as resources, reach out, develop a network. So you want to also state the expectations of players up front. You know, one thing I've learned, the players, coaches, and parents. So that, that's one thing that, you know, I've implemented the last few years that I learned is, you know, you're going to come across uh, parents that are upset or angry, you know, my, hey, my kid's not a lineman, he's a running back kind of thing. So I, mean, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like the drills you're running. I want to see more results. So if you put those expectations in writing up front and cover it with everybody, you have something to point back to and say, hey, you know, we went over this at the beginning of the year. You said you understood this, right? You know, just let it turn your child over to us and let us do our job. That's so good. Also, you know, be as prepared as time will allow. So that means that, you know, for football, I put about 20 hours in a week preparing for the next game. So, you know, that involves practice time. That involves practice planning. That involves watching film, you know, watching, watching the last game. What do we need to work on this week? Watching the team that we're going to be playing. How can we best be prepared for them? But, you know, it says time will allow. So, you know, I've got a full-time job too. If I could... You know, I would spend all day, every day, the weekday preparing for those games. But, you know, I've got other things going on. So one of the things that I've learned from you, Sowers, is you said something, and that's preparation. How many, how many coaches have we stepped out on the field with that come wheeling in five minutes before practice starts or five minutes after practice starts with no practice plan and they're winging it? It doesn't make any difference what the sport is. And I know enough about you to know you are a preparer and an organizer. And absolutely, and I believe that that's critical to, to what we're doing. It is absolutely critical. So you want to come to practice with a written plan in hand. So mine, I have every single minute accounted for, even, you know, down to the, the two minute water break. So every, every minute is accounted for. We know what we're doing. My team can bounce from drill to drill. The coaches know before we, we go to practice what the plan is for that day. And, you know, really that, that starts for me on, you know, Sunday after the game is I'll write up the practice plans for the week. And then as the week goes, I'll adapt them. You know, like, hey, we need to, you know, we, we need to actually spend some more time in offensive groups because we're not quite where we need to be yet. So, yeah, absolutely have a plan. I have it done ahead of time. Kids like structure right? And they respond well to structure. If you show up and try and wing it, you know, hey, let me sit here and think about what we're going to do. Well, you know, then the kids start fooling around and throwing the ball around and things can go off the, off the rails very, very quickly. So absolutely, preparation is key. So Sowers, that, that's so much, so much good stuff. We could, we could spend probably 10 more episodes talking about each of those, each of those little nuggets that you're given to whether it's new coaches or coaches who have been coaching for 50 years. I think those things that you said are great, incredible reminders for us. I think one of the things that you said really stuck out to me, and it's something that I, I think about all the time. I mean, what you don't know about me is about 12 years ago, I took over a nonprofit organization or 11 years ago, I guess, and I had zero experience running anything, let alone an international nonprofit. 
And, you know, I actually talked with a guy who started an NBA program. He's now one of my mentors, an MBA, not an NBA, but Masters of Business Administration to be. This is a sports podcast, so I want to make sure you understand that. It wasn't the National Basketball Association. So, but he told me, he said, it's a good thing you didn't know what you were doing when you started because you would have tried to, to do it how it was always been done and it wouldn't have worked during the time that you did it because it was such a unique situation. And I think oftentimes we forget that our world is very different now than it was when we were growing up. And, you know, especially Viraz, I mean, they didn't have TVs and <laughs> back then. So, but it's a very, very different place. And to have perspective coming in as a coach and as what you said, you can teach the X's and O's. You can teach this stuff. You can go on YouTube. The fact that I can now go on YouTube to learn how to not only record a podcast, but how to edit a podcast. And there's software for us to help this and this and this. If I can edit a podcast, anybody can coach, you know, different things, especially when you're talking youth sports. It's so much more important to have character and integrity and teaching life than teaching X's and O's. And you know what? Whoever has the talent, whoever has the, the desire and the will they're going to go to those next levels. But most of the kids who start playing these sports will never go on to bigger and greater things in the sport, but they will go on to be members of our society. And so I think that alone is so critical as we are not only thinking, should we be coaching ourselves, going back to that self-awareness we talked about earlier, but who are we choosing to coach with us? And what are we holding our other coaches accountable to? Those things are so essential that I think get lost way too often because we lose perspective and whether it's parents losing perspective, coaches losing perspective and going back to what can we do? I think this is something that, that Roz and I are going to mine a little bit more later, uh, but the idea of we all need to be on the same page in that perspective or else somebody's going to throw it out of whack. And another thing that the money that you're talking about with the embezzlement and things, that's a whole nother issue. But I, I really appreciate what you were talking about there, just as far as how you're choosing your staff and how you're choosing the people that you're working with. Cause I think that's just, just, just critical. So any last thoughts you have for us? I know we need to wrap it up. We've been, been going and like we said, we can go for hours longer, but you know, we do have a, to keep it to a certain length here. So any, any last thoughts you'd want to just say, okay, here's some things if I didn't say this, I'd, I'd be really bummed when I when I when we cut off. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think that you know you, you've you've got to be willing to. You know, Roz was talking about you know, a lot of us get into this because our our children are playing, and you know that's why I continue to to coach right now is because my son's a player. But even though it's my son's on the team, you know I'm going to give 110. percent So you've got to come into it with passion. You know, I've got many many things I learned. So I would say continue to learn and grow every single day, pick the right people to be around. You know, we, before you get into it, do a little research on the league and on the team. What's their culture like? Is it going to be a good fit for you? And then obviously, you know, pick guys to be around you to coach with you that are, are of character. You know, the guys I'm, I'm lucky, the guys that I coach with are, are family to me. So I think that's hugely important. And there's other things I've learned, you know, that, that kind of get down to the specifics is, you know, setting the expectations of the team and the parents and the coaches ahead of time. I, I do have learned that I need to keep attendance every single day. And that helps because, you know, when you, when you have a parent that's upset about playing time, again, you have something in writing. Hey, I want to show you your son has missed 10 practices already this season, you know, and we're, we're five weeks in, you know, we've got to get that straightened out. I also keep, I take metrics on the boys 
uh, the first week. So we'll do a, you know, 40 yard dash time, a shuttle time, a broad jump, vertical jump. You, you know, you could do different stations where, you know, how many, how many passes are they catching out of five attempts? So again, those, you know, aren't necessarily to decide who's going to play where. I use those things to, to show to parents that come to me, you know, upset about playing time or positions that their, their kids are playing. So, you know, for, for me, I think those were really valuable things I've learned and they help because now you've got a starting point for that conversation. Um, so really, I think also, you know, uh, what I tell parents is uh, you, you got to be in the right mindset. You got to understand the big picture. It's not about winning the, the trophy at the end of the year or the, the trophy at the end of this uh, baseball tournament. It's, you know, what do I want for my child? Well, I, I want them to be a better person, right? I want them to learn the value of hard work. I want them to compete for the best college and the best jobs. So keeping a perspective of what's really important and, and why you're doing it, you know, and understand, you can look up statistics. You know, I don't, I, for NFL, I think the, the odds of getting into the NFL for a high school player is something like one in a million. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look at those things, that it, it kind of does give you perspective as to, what should be important to you? Yep. So, Roz, before we sign off, what do you got to say? My God, what I have to say is why we are going down this podcast road. Just get a vision of your son or your daughter being coached by a guy like Sowers and the vision of what happens if Sowers is teaching more coaches to be Sowers and what does this look like at a large scale with kids being inundated with character, life skills. That's what I'm thinking. Sowers, I am so unbelievably proud of you and the, and the work that you're doing and you being on the cutting edge. You are so far ahead of the curve and your message is so important. Keep doing what you're doing. I am so, so proud of you. Yeah, and I will thank say, you, Coach. I'll say thank you as well for just being being a part of the show, being one of the first guests we have on this. I'm very glad that we were able to have, very grateful for what you're doing. As as Roz just said there, I think some of the things you said earlier in the, in the show about what do we do to help change the, the, the negative culture side of youth sports, I think one of those things is one at a time have coaches like yourself affecting other coaches and being able to multiply that. So, you know, thanks a lot again, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get you on the show again sometime soon. Well, after listening to that again, I am so grateful that we decided to share these episodes with you this summer because as promised, Coach Sowers had some amazing things to share with us. So with everything that we do, I hope that you take what you learned today. I hope that you take other episodes that you've listened to, the different resources that are shared, the different things that these coaches and players and business people and parents and different people from different walks of life are sharing with us. And you use all of it to help you to be a better leader, to be a better parent, to be a better spouse, to be a better friend, and to continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.